Thank you, Melody. Well, I wore my shirt to sleep in. It was very, <laughs> it was very warm and I enjoyed it. All of the staff really do want to thank all of you for your gifts and your cards and your sweet uh, words. We really, really appreciate that. It's a wonderful thing and a gracious thing on your behalf. Today, uh, I want to preach a sermon on the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, I want to read it from a different translation than we usually use. So why don't you listen carefully? Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in the meadow grass and leads me beside the still streams. He restores my failing health. He helps me do what honors him the most. Even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. You provide delicious food for me in the presence of mine enemies. You have welcomed me as your guest. Blessings overflow. Your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all the days of my life, and afterwards... I will live with you forever at your home. Amen. Well, I wanted to talk about shepherding this morning and the shepherd that is so wonderful that each one of us has. We are not uh, shepherds in a divine sense. Uh, We are sheep. And he, our Lord Jesus is our shepherd. All we like sheep have gone astray, Isaiah 53, 6 said. Did you ever run away when you were a kid? Did you? Raise your hand if you ever ran away when you were a kid. Well, we've got a big row right here. They all raised their hand. (laughs) I ran away when I was about nine. I was mad at my parents. They... I thought, treated me badly, and so I started walking. I didn't know where I was going, but I started walking. I walked about 20 blocks, and it started getting dark. And I thought, where am I going to sleep? And I saw these houses along, and I said, well, some of these people will take me in. I know they will. And then I started thinking, well, what are they going to give me to eat? I like meat and potatoes. I don't just eat anything. They might have asparagus or squash, something like that. Those, you know, a lot of people that have eaten squash have died. They have. We are, we are lost, uh, without our shepherd. Jails are full of people, just full of people. Who have gone astray. Many are filled with hate. And vengeance. And depression. They need a loving shepherd. That's what they need. I need a great shepherd. Don't you? We all do. Every one of us. I wouldn't follow an inadequate shepherd. And I know you wouldn't either. One that didn't love us. We wouldn't want to follow him. 
or one that would not sacrifice for us. We wouldn't want to follow him. One that didn't know what he was doing or where he was going. We wouldn't want to follow him. Thank the Lord, we have a shepherd that uh, really is spectacular in all of those areas that I mentioned. He watches us. He cares about us. He tries to kind of nudge us in the right way. He tries as best he can to open up some clues along the way that will help us to move in the paths that would honor him. When David faced the lion and the bear... The Lord, our shepherd, gave peace, gave deliverance. When he faced Goliath, he called on the same good shepherd. That shepherd will come and help. He makes me lie down in pastures of fresh green grass. He wants us to have some rest. Have you ever seen a hamster on a wheel? They, they just run and they start out slow and then they get faster and faster and faster. And I guess, I don't know, but I guess finally they realize that no matter how fast they go, they're not getting anywhere. And so eventually they'll stop and they'll just kind of almost fall out uh, on the table or wherever it is. They realize, well, that's not getting me anywhere. Well, uh, we live... In a hyperactive world. There's no question about that. I ask people sometimes what, what they're doing and they, and they start out. You know, they have about 14 things that they're doing. And they tell me those and I think to myself, boy, they are busy. Good night. Too busy. Too busy. So much, uh, going on. Have you ever thought that we might be on the wheel? Have you ever thought that? We might be on the wheel. We're just running, 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 and running. And we're not really uh, getting anywhere. You know, we're running though. We're running. Well, our shepherd, the Lord, wants to give us rest. He wants us to have that. We make out the wrong schedule sometimes. You know, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And we've got a long line of things that we're going to do. Well, we need to rest some. We need to get off the wheel for sure. We need to have some time for contemplation. You know, all of us, uh, every once in a while in life, we kind of sit down and we kind of rethink everything. I don't know if you do that uh, annually or monthly or weekly. You need to do that. You need to kind of sit down and think about, you know, how's it all going? Am I doing the right stuff? Am I helping the kids? Am I helping the grandkids? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? Is it all adding up? We need to have some time for prayer. Cindy and I like to pray together at night. We pray every night. I'm not a morning person. I I can't get into the morning thing. Uh, but we pray at night. I don't know when you pray, but one thing is for sure. If you get into the habit of that, if you set a time, um, you know, and, and you start doing it every day, you find yourself in a more conversant tongue with our shepherd. And you can kind of open up your heart and your mind, your soul to him and 
And it's really nice. We want to have some time for Bible study. We are getting so many Bible studies in our church. It's just wonderful. Uh, we have a ladies' Bible study. We have a Bible study at a home. Uh, we want to have some more Bible studies. We have seven Bible studies here at the church. Uh, we have Sunday morning services, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service. We're really into this uh, Bible study thing. People uh, come here and they visit, and usually if I find out where they live, I go visit them. And they tell me, well, we're glad that we came there because it's a, a Bible-teaching church. Well, if a church isn't doing that, they're on the wheel. They're not doing the right thing. I don't know what they're doing, but it's not right. We're here to study the Word of God, to appropriate those truths and facts and, and those ways of looking at things into our hearts. And for us to train others to do the same. We need to rest in Him. We need a shepherd. You know, you, you get in trouble if you don't have one. Did you know that sheep are defenseless? They don't have any way in the world to protect themselves. They don't have claws. They can't manage a rod and staff. They can't do that. They don't have, you know, a lot of teeth uh, to bite people or things or whatever it is. They're just helpless. And on top of that, they're not very smart. Sheep are just about the dumbest animal there is. They have no way to protect themselves, and they don't really know what they're doing. Well, uh, they need a good shepherd. That's what they need. If they don't have that, they're in serious trouble right from the start. The shepherd doesn't drive them or trample over them. The shepherd guides them. The sheep know his voice. They have learned that he loves them. A good shepherd names all the sheep. He gives them a name when they're born. He's there for them then, and he's there with them when they die. The shepherd loves them. The good shepherd leads. You know, sheep can't swim. Did you know that? They can't swim. Uh, they have an inborn fear of the water. If the wool gets wet, then guess what? They go to the bottom uh, in a lake or river, where, wherever it is. They die because uh, they can't swim. Well, the shepherd leads us beside the still waters, not in the still waters. That's the way he wants to deal with us. He doesn't want us to die. He doesn't want us to drown. He doesn't want us to be killed. He loves us. He cares about us. He wants us to pay attention to him so that our lives will be better. That's the goal. The shepherd uh, knows where to take you. We all really need a shepherd. 
Did you have kind of a mid-course correction in your life? A lot of people do. Men around 40 to 45, a lot of men in that specific age group, they have kind of a a mid-course correction. A lot of ladies do. It's usually a little later for the ladies, but it's it's all during that uh, time of life. Some people obviously realize that they're on the wrong path. They're doing the wrong thing. Their life isn't adding up. So they, they have a mid-course correction. And they start going in a different way. And that's good. Sometimes the Lord, our good shepherd, he leads us by grabbing us. By grabbing us. He says, you're going the wrong way. That's what he did to Paul. Paul was walking down the Damascus Road, and boom, Lord got a hold of him, knocked him down, got his attention, told him what he should do. Well, sometimes we're going the wrong way. Uh, Paul was on that road to Damascus. What, what road are we on? Are we way on down the road, or are we... Just getting started on a new road. Are we doing the wrong thing the wrong way? Are we going to the wrong place? Paul was persecuting Christians. He was really doing the wrong thing. A child sometimes kills his parents and then demands mercy because he's an orphan. You know, it's unbelievable what some people do. Uh, They're going the wrong way. They're doing... The wrong thing. Maybe you've gotten off on kind of a little tributary. You know, it's not horrible, terrible, but it's it's really not the right road. There have been times in all of our lives when we've realized, you know, what I'm doing is not really helping anything or anybody. And so we, you know, we try and ease back over into the right lane. Sometimes the Lord leads us through other Christians. One of the great things about church is that there are a lot of very wise, mature Christians there. This church is so blessed. We have a lot of folks that are members here that have been ministers for many years. We have a lot of people here that know the Bible as my aunt would say, backwards and forwards. Uh, we have a lot of people here that have been studying the Word of God for a long time, and many of those people kind of reach out to somebody else, and they're trying to help them, guide them along the way. Well, sometimes the person that they're trying to mentor gets gets off track a little bit. And then the person that's trying to mentor them kind of gives them a look. Have you ever had the look? Husbands, have you ever had the look? Wives, have you ever had the look? <clears throat> I give Cindy a look every once in a while. She pays no attention to it. None whatsoever. Do you have your your elbows on the table? You need to get a look. That's not right. You say the wrong thing. 
Do you need to get a look? Yes, you do. Are you impatient with everybody? Well, you need a look. You do. You need a look. The Lord is looking at all of us individually right now. He's looking at us. He's looking at our heart, our mind, our soul. He's looking at, he's trying to get us in the right road, on the right path, going the right direction. He gives us a look. And we want to, uh, if we're doing the right thing, we want to follow. You know, we want to say, whoop, that must have been wrong. So we kind of ease back. He leads me beside the still waters. Talking about relaxation. When I was a little boy, uh, we came to Daytona Beach from Chattanooga every year. We spent a week there. And I'd get my dad's hand, and we would walk up and down the beach, and I felt perfectly safe because he had a hold of me. And uh, I felt secure. I felt like nothing was going to happen to me. Uh, and it was it was great. I just loved it. Well, you know what we need to do? We need to reach up and take the Lord's hand and say, help us, Lord, help us. Lead us in the right way. Don't let us get in a bad situation of our own making. Don't let us get down the wrong road that will lead us to nothing but anguish and pain and sorrow. Lord, help us. Lord, guide us. He is our shepherd, and in him we can relax and refresh ourselves because we know things are going to go right. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to live forever. You know, a lot of people, I go to see them in the hospital, and some of the folks think, well, you know, I want to live forever, and I want God to do it. Well, that's not the way it's set up. That isn't, that isn't what's going to happen. And the great thing is, is that, of course, a lot of people realize that. And they say uh, to me or to someone, you know, I've put my life in the hands of God and I know he'll take care of me. And he will. If you're one of his, he will. He'll take care of you forever. Amen. And you'll be with him in glory forever. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. The still waters are relaxing. They're therapeutic, I've heard. Uh, I've been in a few whirlpool baths in my life. Um, they're very relaxing. A spa, I guess, is real nice. I've never been to one. Uh, people tell me they're real nice. Very restful, relaxing. The Lord wants us to relax ourselves, to refresh ourselves. The Lord wants to lead you to that rest, to that relaxation. He wants to calm your heart, your, your mind. He wants to calm you down. We, we need to be led to be on our knees every once in a while. I had a man in a church that I served years ago. When he was converted as a teenage boy, he, the preacher told him he needed to get down beside his bed every night and pray. And he started doing that. 
Well, when I went to that uh, church, he was about 85 years old. And he'd been doing that every night of his life. And his son would tell me, sometimes I forget and I go in to say something to dad when I'm visiting. And he's on his knees beside his bed praying. He said it's real hard for him to get up. But he does that every night. He said that's been such a blessing to me to see my dad doing that. Well, we want to uh, relax. We sure do. Uh, we want to go to our knees. We certainly do. We want to reach out to our Christian friends. We want to take a deeper walk with the Lord, not just a, a superficial thing. It irritates me so much when somebody goes to the drugstore or bookstore and buys a book and then they think everything in that book is right. And they say, now, Pastor, do you think this is right? I've been reading this book, and I think it's just wonderful. And then they put me in the position of saying, no, that's not right. That's not right at all. Uh, well, you know, we we want to restore ourselves in the Lord. He restores <coughs> our soul. There's a restoration. David uh, knew the safe paths. <coughs> Guess I should have worn my shirt. <coughs> <coughs> the shepherds don't let us uh, get off on a side road. Uh, some shepherds know that you're going to wander away. You're going to get lost. And of course, the shepherd needs to be restored and the shepherd, uh, reaches out to the sheep and pulls them back. Uh, have you ever been the stray sheep? I think we all have to some degree at some point in our life. A lot of stubborn sheep. They need to be restored. A lot of uh, people are on the wrong path. They get into astronomy and they get into uh, psychics and all that kind of stuff. Have you ever wandered, wandered away from God? You know, if you're following some psychic, some crazy psychic, if you're following them, don't you think it's odd that you never see in the paper psychic wins the... Big, big $20 million prize. You know, if they know everything, why don't they ever win those? Well, there's a path that leads back. If you're, if you're not on the path and you know it, there's a path that leads back. And it's a safe path. It's a straight path. And if you want to, you can just kind of turn your life around and get on that path. And come back to the shepherd. And guess what? He'll receive you. He won't say, no, 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 you've been bad. you got to stay outside. He doesn't do that. He welcomes you with loving arms. Amen. And he's glad that you've come home. He loves you. He died for you. On Calvary's cross. He really, really loves you. The surgeon, when... 
into the late afternoon, uh, still doing surgeries. He had been working since 4 o'clock that morning. He'd had a lot of emergencies, so from 4 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon, he'd been working. And then they came and told him he had one more surgery to do. And he thought, you know, I just, I just can't do it. I'm tired. Well, he had to go on. You know, the person would die if he didn't operate. So he started. The lady was rolled in. She was smiling. She seemed almost joyful. She was having this surgery. The anesthesiologist was there and he looked at the lady and he said, I want you to count backwards from 10. She said, would you mind, before we start that, could I quote the 23rd Psalm? The anesthesiologist didn't know what to say to that, and he said, well, I guess. And so she started, and she quoted the 23rd Psalm. When she got to that line where it says, he restoreth my soul, the surgeon who was standing there thought, that's what I need. I need my soul restored. That's exactly what I need. And he bowed his head then as the lady finished quoting the 23rd Psalm. When the lady had her surgery and it was over, the doctor raised his head. He had a miraculous thing take place during that surgery. His hands got strong, and his spirit was renewed. His soul had been restored by our Lord, by his good shepherd. We all need that. You can have it today. The good shepherd is here. He he knows your needs. If you'll give him your heart and your life, He will reach out and touch you with love and care. He'll follow you all the days of your life, trying to guide you in the right direction. A farmer had some puppies he needed to sell. He painted a sign advertising ten pups for sale. He set about nailing up a a board on a post, and he he made it in big letters with paint, uh, pups for sale. Ten pups for sale. As he was driving the last nail into the post, he felt a tug on his overalls. And he looked down, and there was a little boy looking up at him. Their eyes met, and the little boy said, Mister, I want to buy one of your pups. Well, said the farmer, I'm sorry, but uh, as he rubbed the sweat off, the back of his neck and off of his forehead, he said, Son, these these pups came from a very fine family. And these pups are pretty expensive. Well, the boy dropped his head for a moment. And then he reached down into his pocket. He pulled out a handful of change and he held it up in front of the farmer. And he said, I've got 39 cents here. Is that enough for me to have a look? And the man said, it sure is, son, it sure is. So the farmer turned around and whistled and said, here, Dolly. 
And here came Dolly out of the doghouse, down the slide, and and four little white furry things followed her. Well, the little boy pressed his face as closely to the fence as he possibly could, and he was so excited. He was just excited beyond belief as he saw those pups running toward him. Well, his eyes were just dancing with the delight as the dogs made their way to the fence. The little boy noticed something else stirring in the doghouse. And there was uh, slowly uh, emerged a little fur ball uh, came down the slide. And uh, this little furry thing was smaller than the other. Down the ramp, this little dog ran in a very strange way, kind of hobbled along. The little pup uh, began hobbling toward the others, trying its best to catch up, which it really couldn't do. The little boy said, I want that one. I want that one right there. And the farmer said, well, son, you don't want that one. That one can't run with you and play with you and do all the things that you would want to do with the dog. You wouldn't want that one. Well, with that, the little boy stepped back about two feet and he started uh, rolling up his pant leg on one side. The farmer was surprised to see two steel plates running up and down his leg and they fit into a special shoe that had been made. Well, looking back up at the farmer, he said, you see, sir, I I don't run very well myself. He said, "That that dog needs somebody that would understand. The world is full of people who need someone to understand. Jesus said, he's the shepherd. He wants to meet your needs. He wants to take care of you. If you're a believer, if you have accepted Christ as your shepherd, he has forgiven you of your sins, then you as a believer will not be judged for your sins. You will be evaluated for your service. That evaluation will be for the purpose of rewarding you. Well, of course, you know, everybody wants to have a big reward. Uh, There's a lot of places of service in the church, in every church. We have a lot of places here for you to serve. Please uh, think about that for a moment. Think about that and think, uh, you know, am I on the right road? Or have I gotten off on a byway somewhere? If you're on the wrong road, we can kind of straighten that out today. If you've never trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior, then today would be a great day. If you need a church home, if you've been visiting with us for a period of time, this would be a great time for you to come and join with us. And we, if you want, we would give you some jobs to do because there's a lot of jobs to do. 
And it would be great. You'd enjoy it. You can pick out the one you want. We don't force anybody into doing something they don't want to do. Well, if the Lord is uh, tugging at you, I'm going to stand down here at the front. We're going to sing a hymn invitation. You just slip out, slip forward. Come and take a stand for him. He certainly stood for you. Let's stand as we sing together.